You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the third and special, as always, edition of Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and with me, I've got my boy, Drake. Drizzy, how are we doing, buddy? Doing good, doing good. You know, just hanging out here, preparing for, you know, we're traveling down for the spring game on Thursday. So I started packing up a little bit, cleaning around the house, make sure I come back to a nice little place, did some grocery shopping. But let's talk some sports, man. I'm excited. Yeah, in the words of the great Tracy Morgan, Superman does good. You do well. Is that, grammar, th- is that 30 Rock? Tip, folks. It is, it is 30 Rock. <laughs> um, yeah, man, things are good down here, too. You know, uh, just watching a little Florida State baseball, uh, watching us put it on Jacksonville on the live stream. So that's solid. And, uh, you know, some other cool news wrapping up in Naples, Florida yesterday. Uh, Johnny Pack, the Florida State phenom, the next in the line of great golfers, won his eighth tournament of his college career, closing out at the number one spot in the Calusa Cup. So really pumped for him. Really proud of that. Folks, today we're just going to dive right into it. We're going to talk about position groups more. As you know, the spring practice is ending at the end of this week, culminating with the spring game. Uh, One thing to note, Norvell was interviewed today and he talked about the format a little bit. And uh, he said that they're not going to play a full spring game like they typically do. They're going to play two quarters of live scrimmage, but it's going to be a scrimmage. It's going to be like offense versus defense. They're not going to split the team into um, into a garnet and gold team. And then they're going to do additional work after those two quarters. Uh, I have an opinion on this, but Drake, what's what's sort of your opinion on this uh, altered format? I don't like that. Um, I kind of, I mean, well, maybe this is more for me because I, you know, we haven't had football for what, the past four months. I kind of want to see a full game. Maybe he's doing that for injury reasons. Maybe he sees their... Certain things that he can do, like you know, doing situational type of downs and drives, stuff like that, that could be for to to focus on issues that have been occurring up in practice. But I don't know. I mean, I kind of just want to see them, like you know, like I guess for us that so we need to see them full speed at least, you know, see what they've improved on or what they haven't improved on, you know, over spring practice. And so that's kind of it's not a bad idea. I just think it's kind of unfortunate for us. Yeah. So I took it as it's still going to be a live scrimmage. It'll just be yeah, offense versus defense. So you won't get the same. I don't want to say you won't get the same competitiveness. I think you will. Um, but yeah, I think it's very much injury re- injury related. I think he just doesn't have the offensive line to go too deep and split them up. And I think, again, I think this is another heady play by Norvell. I think he sees how many recruits are about to be in this game, which we'll talk about in our second and third segment. And I think he knows, like, you can't go out there looking shit. So if you don't have a true two deep, like, let's just keep the ones on the same teams. You know what I mean? And I think for us, like, it'll be neat because we won't have to play that post-spring game game of, you know, well, here was the five we saw for the gold team. Here was the five we saw for the Garnet. What's the actual combo is going to look like? You know, we'll get to see who in his mind, minus DLT, and maybe if, I think, is Zane Herring the other one that's injured? I know there's No, Zane Herring actually is playing. Remember, Zane Herring was the one that had the offensive shoulder surgery. Um this past fall, it's Thomas Schrader, the one that's not playing. Schrader, right. Yeah. So barring those two guys, DLT, we know is definitely most likely a starter. Uh, we'll get to see who our starting five, or at least four of them are going to be, which I'm, I'm excited about. So let's do this, folks. Let's dive in. Let's spin the wheel. We are going to, if you listened yesterday, you heard the game. We've got 
the DBs, the linebackers, the D-line, the O-line, the running backs we talked about, the wideouts, tight ends, and special teams on a wheel. I'm going to spin it right now. Whatever position group talk pops up, we're going to talk about them. As long as it's not all line, I'll be perfectly happy with that. And judging by your face, that's what I landed on? <laughs> no, it's not. It's actually my personal favorite. One that we almost didn't make its own group, uh, the tight ends. So we are now going to talk tight ends. Uh, Drake, you want to start or you want me to go first? Doesn't really matter. Yeah, I'll start it off a little bit. I mean, our tight end room, basically, that was the one thing that we kind of, like, not harped on, but we noticed with Taggart didn't really recruit that very well, very deep, which is unfortunate for Norvell because he likes to play around with that, having a two-deep set play a lot with tight ends, have them, you know, making extra plays and stuff. That was very evident with the Preston Daniel, like, what, 35-yard play against UNC. And, I mean, Crazy. and the room is not it's not that big, which kind of is kind of sad. All we have right now is Cam McDonald. You know, he's been there for, I think it's like, this is, what, his fourth year, fourth season coming up right now. And then we have Wyatt Rector, Preston Daniel, you know, one a former walk-on, one a current walk-on. But the big kind of, like, X factor in that group right now is uh, Jordan Wilson. He's the uh, UCLA transfer that we got. Back in the beginning of twenty, um, sorry, in the beginning of fall of twenty twenty, but towards ACL, and apparently he's you know coming back. He's not hundred percent yet, but he's able to you know do, join workouts, do plays, stuff like that. And he's his main thing there's he's an extra fixture on the offensive line. He's like six foot four, two hundred sixty pounds. He's a big boy, but uh, Max, I, mean, I know you're you're a huge fan of him, so you can take it away with that. Yeah, yeah, no, I think so. We talked about this a little off camera yesterday, and you're absolutely right. He's basically another O lineman. Uh, we've got him listed at six four, two sixty two. And if you look at his stats from UCLA in 34 games, he caught 25 passes for about 250 yards. If you're crunching the numbers at home, but you're getting there slowly, that's less than one per game, but that's about 10 yards a catch. So it shows he's good for a first down when they need him to be. What I find interesting is you mentioned the Preston Daniel play, and we had Trey Roland on right after the UNC episode or UNC game for that episode. And he made a very, very cool and you know kind of interesting point that People in the know have said Norvell is very good at knowing how he's being scouted. So I'm interested to see how he uses him. Because if you have a guy that's scouted as less than one touch a game coming in for blocking sets, I'd look for Norvell to use him in some trickeration, some some sneaky stuff. So with that, we're going to take a quick break, folks. And when we come back in 60 seconds, we're going to spin the wheel one more time, talk about another position group. Then we're going to talk about the really, really impressive slate of recruits that's coming this weekend. It, I mean, it's huge. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a who's who of recruiting. So uh, we'll see you folks in 60 seconds. If y'all like to stay healthy, if y'all like to stay fit, you got to get on Built Bar. Uh, just giving you a little tip here. I know if you're like me and you're busy, you may not have time to really focus on your macros like you used to, and you find yourself getting hungry during the day, and grabbing snacks that maybe aren't the healthiest. Well, Bilt Bar is the best of both worlds. It's the perfect size. It tastes kind of like a candy bar, but it's got 17 grams of protein like a protein bar. 5 grams of carbs, 5 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. It's all you need if you need a little snack in between lunch and dinner, need something right after the gym, or just need some way to fill yourself up And when you're running around chasing your kids all over the house. Whatever, whatever your needs are, Bilt Bar can fill them. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. So with that being said, we're back to the action. Driz, you ready to spin this wheel one more time? Give it to me, Daddy. I'm so uncomfortable right now. (laughs) 
all right. So it does a little cheer for you thing, like, woo, and then confetti goes off. So that's why the pause, I want to let it do that because it makes me happy. And I think we all need to be happy these days. So let's talk linebackers. Okay. Uh, I guess you dove in with tight ends. I'll dive in with linebackers first since the pride of the linebacking core right now is a fellow Lawton Childs High School alumnus, Amara Gaynor. You know, I think the linebackers last year, I, I don't know how to put it, man. They were so bad. They made me so happy and so angry simultaneously because I I credit the fact that we committed to the youth movement. We had Lundy out there. We had Dix out there. And we sort of had Amari Gaynor. I mean, he was still young, still is young, trying to anchor that unit. And they just, they look great at times, but there were so many times where you could tell that the effort was there, but the mental acuity or the football IQ weren't. They looked young. They, right. They, they looked young, young at times. They're not, they look inexperienced, you know, unseasoned. Like it basically, it's a huge jump when you go from the high school level to the, to the pro level. And also remember, they didn't really have like Raymond Woody, you know, was the former linebacking coach there. He was a great recruiter, but it, he left a lot to be desired on actually implementing and developing the kids. So you, and you saw that with a, with, with a gainer and then Lundy and Dixie, you know, like we said, they're super, super young, but I mean, gainer to me, I think he's put on a little more size. I think he's going to come down a little bit more. I think he has a little more value rushing in my personal opinion. I think his cover skills are honestly the best. I really do want to see what Lundy does at the next at the, with his next step because like Lundy was was he a state championship wrestler at Georgia at his size weight class was like he only lost like what once maybe twice in his entire career yeah yeah I think he was a heavyweight so you know he was rolling around with the chubba wubbas up there I mean I like I said I was a wrestler and I can just imagine like most heavyweights don't look like that so it's not surprising and I don't want to take anything away from him. wrestling's a hard sport but I said this about Nico Marchial too. In high school, when you get into that heavyweight, that 275 class, he probably wrestled like – there's probably three kids you would consider athletic Mm -hmm. and like probably a handful, like 10 kids that are good wrestlers even though they're kind of that Chuck Liddell look to them. So basically, they're just big bodies and they're not – they're not tomato cans per se, but they're typically just like they're a little easier to move around and stuff like that. Yeah, you get a lot of – you get a lot of – a lot of, uh, you know – offensive lineman looking dudes that don't have the footwork okay but no nonetheless i'm not i'm just being picky no i'm excited for him but the one name we don't talk about too much is mccluster i mean didn't he put on like 20 pounds in the offseason wasn't he one of our big gainers in the offseason from what i remember i'm not a hundred percent sure about jam mccluster um i'm not gonna lie to you i didn't i haven't heard anything really about him but he is one of the kids that definitely we need to be on lookout for another one i know he's a db right now but i kind of want to see him move up into the box and play a little more linebacker is Jadarius Green McKnight, number 24. To me, he's like, he is probably one of the unsung heroes of, the, of that 20, uh, 2020 class, the first transition class for Mike Norvell. And I think he's going to be a name to watch out for because he, he hits really, really hard and he's a little bit quicker and we kind of need that in the box. Now, what's the latest on Emmett Rice? I know we we're all really excited for Emmett Rice to come to his sixth year. And if you're rolling your eyes right now, don't. Emmett Rice, in my opinion, is the one kid last year, one of two kids, Cooper being the other one, that I feel like legitimately improved every single game. I was actually really excited for him to have a great spring coming in the fall. And I guess he's he's hurt now. So um, that's that's just such a bummer, bro. Yeah, I mean, with Emmett Rice, like, you're right. He's the one that, like, I'm, people, like, you know, have been very, very malign, malign with Co- uh, Coach Marr. But like, you see what he's done with Emmett Rice from game one to game ten. Like, he definitely – there's a development there, a growth there. And he's, does, he's done much, much better. 
Apparently, he uh, hurt, I want to say his lower leg injury is nothing. I heard torn ACL, I've heard a meniscus tear, I've heard something else. But, like, apparently he should be fine by the fall, so I'm not 100% sure exactly what the injury is. But he, we're probably not going to see him probably play a game until maybe game maybe three, maybe four, to be honest, on the safe side, and he's a little older. And plus, I mean, if he if the injury is that severe or if he gets hurt again, he can definitely take a medical redshirt and come back for a seventh year, you know, Van Wilder style. Dude, seven years of Emmett Rice, that would be – that's the stuff legends are born of. But, yeah, I, I think it's just a bummer. I mean, he needed the development, and we wanted to see it. But I think what I'm most interested to see as a unit from, from this as crew is – Right, is when they make mistakes, is it – A – is it too much effort or not enough effort? Because I, I I hate seeing mistakes, but I'd rather see a kid do too much than too little. And last year with these guys, they just did too much too often. Dix comes hard. I mean, he loves to just shoot right into the gap, bust downhill, and just finish hard. I mean, I mean that's the kind of player know. he is. He never leaves anything off the table, and he just grabs you know life by the way it is, and just he literally just takes control. He's a savage with it. I love it. I mean, him with Lundy on the other side is going to be great with that. Yeah, Dix is huge. Lundy's a big guy. And, I'm, you know, but again, I want to see, is it too much effort or not enough effort? And if it's still too much effort, I'm fine with that. But I want to see, and, and this is watching Chris Marv and watching your favorite, uh, Adam Fuller. That boy. I want to know, you know, are they being put in the right, like are the calls right and they're making the wrong read, which I argued we saw a lot last year, or does it look like, they're not being put in position to succeed at all mm-hmm. because the jury, you know, it was a hung jury. It was 50-50 last year on was I right or were you guys right? So n- no one can – I'm not saying I was right every time. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on that for sure. No, there, there are definitely plays out there. Like, I mean, you're typically like, hey, you know, you can definitely say, oh, that's a good play call. Oh, that's a freshman mistake. That's going to happen, especially when you do a baptism by fire with these, you know, these young kids and also when they, you're teaching these – Older kids, a new entire with the third different scheme in the past four years for a lot of them right now too. It's, it's like, I mean, it's going to happen. And like that thing, you're right. That's the one thing we have to look out for. Like, are the mistakes correctable mistakes for one? Yeah. And two, like, are the mistakes something like, hey, like you're doing too much, do a little bit less. I think you, I think you pointed out after the Louisville game last year when the gap wasn't properly filled or they didn't do, they, they didn't hold their contain you know well at all either. Yeah. Like it was a lot a lot of broken containment and cutbacks. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing that we're going to be looking for for the uh, upcoming season. And, and I want to see how are they corrected too. You know, it a kid can want to be teachable all day, but they've got to have the right coach there. I think Marv is the guy. I just – look, this is effectively the last spring practice. It's the end of spring practice. So I want to see are they – you know, are A, the coach is jumping down their throat, but also like we talked about in the interview with Moose, is Amari Gaynor – correcting these kids when they make mistakes, right? Like, do they have that self-sufficient culture going? Um, And finally, I mean, I I know y'all are going to say, oh my gosh, Max, you're a genius. How did you get this insight? But I want to see what they look like in coverage. I mean, I feel like for half a decade, we've had linebackers that can't cover the middle. And it's been like, hey, you want to get six yards on Florida State? Throw one over the middle. Heck, you might even get a touchdown out of it. So, oh, I would only I would only throw slants if I was the op- opposing offensive coordinator. That's all I would do. Literally all I would run. All I would run. But all right, folks, we're going to take a break real quick. When we come back, we're going to talk what is on every adult male on Twitter's mind. What are a bunch of 17-year-old boys going to do this weekend? That's right. We'll be talking about which recruits are coming to the spring game and what we expect to see of them. See you all in 60 seconds. Are y'all getting to that tough part of the year where you look around and you realize that football's over, basketball's winding down, 
college basketball's over and you need things to bet on, well, I've got good news for you. The MLB, the NHL, and for the next, what, month and a half, the NBA are still going strong. But betonline.ag has more than that. They've got award shows, TV shows, reality shows. They even have overseas cricket matches, if that's what you're into. Whatever you could, whatever you could imagine, there's odds and props on it, and you can bet on it at betonline.ag. So if you're in the mood to roll the dice or use that big brain of yours to whip up a little parlay and sticker in the oven, head on over to betonline.ag, use promo code locked on, and you'll get 50% of 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag, you got this. With that said, uh, one more thing, folks. If you get done with our podcast in about 10 minutes here and you decide, hey, that wasn't enough sports today. I need more sports in my life. Then head on over to Locked On Today with Peter Bukowski. He updates you on all the major sports things around the sports universe that you need to know to sound educated when you're uh, talking to your boss who's a sportsaholic because you do all the work for him and he just sits in his office reading ESPN. All right. So let's talk about what these 17-year-old boys have going on for the weekend. I mean, nothing weird about it, just two grown men talking about some adolescence in really descriptive terms. Uh, we got, well, I'll, I'll say this. I was on Twitter today and Nico Marchiol, who, if that name rings a bell, that is a four-star quarterback out of Arizona who is committed to the Florida State Seminoles. He tweeted out, if you're coming to Florida State spring game, HMU in the DMs or whatever, which means hit me up in the DMs. Uh, he didn't specify if he was talking to recruits or you know, maybe the young ladies on the campus he plans to attend next year. But uh, I hope for his sake, he gets some DMs from a little bit of both. Uh, but we're going to focus on the recruits. So I, I think that's really encouraging that this kid is like establishing himself as sort of the bell cow of this class. I mean, you know, with social media, it's so important that you get that peer-to-peer recruiting. You know, gone are the days where the coach can do it all. You've got to have good, solid kids recruiting other good, solid kids or your class isn't going to come. Oh, again. no. I mean, and that's the one thing that we really have. I think the last time we had one was uh, he didn't end up committing to us was Jeff Sims, like actually, you know, hitting up kids. You know, I want you to come play for here. I remember he was very adamant with a Tate Johnson or a Malachi Wyman, a Morvin Joseph. Like those were kids that, you know, he was he was bringing in that committed to us that unfortunately when he did committed also, you know, left as well. And then we had Luke Altmaier last year that, he, you know, he was – He's a very good kid. He's a great quarterback prospect. He didn't actually, you know, actively go out and recruit kids except for maybe a Malik McLean. But with Nico, with like, it's really cool to see that he actually is hitting up, you know, a Travis Hunter, a kid that's already committed, you know, striking up that relationship. Or well, Travis Hunter's hitting kids up too. I mean, that kid is. Yeah, also... he's doing the same thing. And yeah, you got a dynamic duo right there. Literally, got a tag team, you know, for a wrestling match. You know, we got Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan, you know, coming off the top rope. Like that's what you dude. Let's need. make it a TLC match, baby. Tables, ladders, and chairs. Uh, if y'all haven't seen recently, by the way, our class next year is currently rated in the top 10, number one in the ACC still. Uh, we have, we're putting something good together. So I think if these kids can keep each other glued together, it could be really special. But what do you make, let me ask you this, what do you make of the subsequent tweet that I saw of AJ Duffy also coming to the spring game? Do you think these two are looking to be a one-two combo as quarterbacks, or do you think there's a little bit of... One of them is gonna gonna peel off at the very end. Um, well, there's actually it's. I'm glad you asked that because I was gonna come into. There's three quarterbacks coming into town. Um, it's those two, 
and MJ Morris. MJ Morris is the quarterback out of Georgia. He's another. He's the number I want to say. He's a top five dual threat QB in the country, top one hundred kid. And FSU fans, those two out of those three are going to be in this class. Now the thing is, in my personal opinion, I think AJ Duffy is the higher of all three of them. He to me, he's the he's goal number one. And then Nico, I personally, if I had the choice between Nico and MJ Morris, I actually would go with MJ Morris. But the thing is, though, with with Nico, Nico's been as Max was saying earlier, he's been the bell cow. He's been the one working to get these kids in. So I don't think that I don't see Norvell, you know, pushing the kid to the side and be like, hey, listen, like you know, we you've been squeezed out or you've been processed out, which is what you see, you know, with other QBs when they come into like you know, I, J- John Rice Plumley happened to him over at Georgia. We're going to get two out of those three. And I think A.J. Duffy is going to be there. Like, he knows that FSU wants him bad. They want him really, really bad. And if you sit, watch some of his tape, you know there's a reason why. Beautiful beautiful throw, great throwing motion. And he doesn't have the injury history that Nico Markle has. But you also don't burn the, the bird in the hand, right? And I think that you know Norvell is a smart guy. He realizes that and knows, hey, if you've got this kid actively recruiting for you, don't, you know, let's, let's take advantage of that strike while the iron's hot, whatever other – uh, similes, metaphors, and colloquialisms you want to throw at it, it, it makes sense to keep them all on the take for right now. Keep them all all interested. And, you know, I think especially with quarterbacks, and let me know if you disagree, I feel like these these problems work themselves out, right? Like one of these guys will get the hint. Like I don't think Norvell's going to have to have the conversation he allegedly had with Jeff Sims and tell one of these kids to get lost. And if he did, I mean – do you think he even would if all three of these kids wanted to sign a letter of intent? Do you tell one of these kids to get lost or do you just assume it's it's football in 2022? Like, you know, at least one of them is transferring anyway. Let them sort it out on the field if they all want to come. No, I, I think Norvell will be up front with, with, you know, one of the three. And also, I don't think he would do that to Nico because Nico has been, like you said, like I, like I said before, like he, you won't you don't burn the hand of a kid that's been working very hard been stunting for you, flexing on you for all over the timeline. You know, bringing, a lot of these kids are coming in like, so to see him too like because they're – they're that close, but I definitely can see Norvell sitting down either an MJ or an A and be like, "Hey, listen, like, we're, we're spots are running thin here. You, I want you to go, you know, explore all of your options. Translation, you, you, we're not going to give you, you know, a committable offer, which is kind of what I saw with the allegedly happened with the Jeff Sims thing. That's why Tate Rodemaker came in instead of Jeff Sims, but that's a whole different discussion for another day. Yeah, yeah, we can have. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to, to open that can of worms. I think. That's a good point, though. I you probably don't want to lead a kid on. So, do you think it's Nico is the one is the most assured to get a committable offer? And it's the way I'm the way I hear what you're saying is both of these guys are better than Nico, but Nico's kind of your culture guy, your bell cow. So he's getting the offer. It's which of the reach prospects do you want to really go after? Yeah, and no, I mean, also Nico's not a slouch. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not a Nico hater, but he's a very, he's a very, very good QB. No, he's a four star. He's a four star recruit. I mean, he's a four star for a reason. He's a very, very good QB prospect. The thing is, though, MJ Morris, I see a lot of AJ Manuel in him. AJ Duffy, I see a slightly better Christian Ponder. Nico, I don't know. They they compare him. I think one of them said to Kellen Moore, and I'm like, I don't don't really particularly care for that in my personal opinion. But I think Nico is going to be a sure spot regardless. He's worked his ass okay. off. Norvell, I think, is is one of those guys like he you know he's a man of his word. He wouldn't you know pull back on that. And if he, I think, if he was given the choice between the two, I think he'll lean a bit more towards MJ Morris because MJ Morris is a little closer to here. AJ Duffy is a California kid, and gotcha. that's a little a little bit iffy there. You know, West Coast kid. You know, they typically don't translate well when they come over to the East Coast. That's why I see most of them you know actually you know stay on the South of the country. 
And MJ Morris, we're competing with him only, I think, with Georgia Tech maybe right now. Maybe a Georgia if his recruitment blows up. AJ Duffy, I think, honestly, he might go to Arizona State, but I think it's between the two of us right now. So Yeah, no, I mean, dude, hey, it's not a bad position to be in. You know, I think we've seen it too often where other coaches have put all their eggs in one QB basket and it's burned us uh, this year. Not to let him off the hook because I can't bash him, not not bash him for something I'm bashing other folks for. You know, they they thought they had Altmeyer, but I'm chalking that up to COVID. It was a tough year when you can't get a kid on campus and he happens to live in state with the other school whose head coach is one of the best recruiters in the country. It's just like, and not only that too uh, is it miss, like it's one thing. It's like it's a known fact. It's hard to pull kids out of Mississippi when they're Mississippi born and bred kids. It's right. it's, it's like a Louisiana type yeah, state. Exactly. I mean, it's just. It's just tough, but I'm excited. We're going to have a lot of great kids at the spring game. We will be live on location and we'll report to y'all everything that we see. Again, if you're going to be at the spring game, feel free to slide in our DMs, come by. We're going to have a little tailgate spot. We're going to be having fun, not too much work. So, And that's it, folks. Thanks for sticking with us through three glorious episodes. Cannot wait to speak to y'all again tomorrow. I love that we get to do this daily. And so with that, if you did like the episode, please, whatever you're listening on, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Pods, Go make sure you like, rate, review, and follow us. That way, every time we publish an episode, boom, it pops right into your library, and you don't have to go searching for it. Give us five stars. Tell us what you like. Tell us something about yourself. Ask us a question, whatever you want to do, and we'll read it on here. And if you're looking forward to the NFL Draft, keep an eye out for the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. We've got some absolute studs when it comes to NFL analysis. Michael Irvin. Brian Baldinger and Michael Lombardi all coming at y'all in a week or so here. So keep an eye out for it coming from the Locked On Network, the ultimate mock draft 2021. Again, with that, I'm Max. And with me as always is my partner in crime, Drizzy Drake, Andre Silva. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Take care, everybody. See you soon.